Well, I just think it's important to talk about the Emmys since we are a podcast about a TV show that was nominated for Emmys but never won Emmys. No, uh, that's nothing to do with the show. Oh my god, I, we can start with some like banter about it, I guess. All right, I'm ready. Do you not think I'm recording? All right, let me get into let me get into podcaster voice, podcaster voice, podcaster voice, podcaster voice. All right, I'm ready. I don't I'm have here. to do that because I um, don't put on a front for my. Um, constituents, uh, followers, um, listeners, you know, it's all my voice except from sometimes straighter and sometimes gayer. That's called code switching. I can't help it. <sighs> Whatever. Black fingernail boy. Um, they're not black. Stop showing them to They're me. not black. They're, they're black. No, they're very, That's black. they're very dark red and it's a color called wine. Did you expect anything oh. less? <laughs> Bergamot. Is that a is that a dark red bergamot? I don't fucking know. Or is that know, a brown? But this is um cocoa. Montrese. That's drag queen. So dark chocolate. We are a podcast about TV shows. So I think it makes sense that we talk about the Emmys, which just happened before this episode comes out, aka the Sunday before. Where one of my favorite shows, which we've talked about a lot on the podcast, Shits Creek, won. Have we? Have we talked about that on this show? Uh, we talked about it in the last two episodes or the last episode where, cause Cabaret. So I brought it up. Yeah. We've talked about it so much that I remember that. Um, do we, I, what even happened in the Emmys? I mean, I literally turned it on and then walked away from it. <laughs> What's the point? I, I used to love the Emmys. It was the only reward show I was like into cause I'm a TV boy. And this year I was just like, do we have to, like, can we just announce it? Can we just post the winner somewhere? Like, why do we have to do this? Like, oh, we're dressed up, but we're not together, but we're kind of together, but we're kind of not together. It's a little bit more digital, but it's kind of, we're still together. I hated it. I think it was great. I didn't watch it live because I don't have cable. So I, the next day watched like the highlights um, Uh and watched every Schitt's Creek acceptance speech which they were all amazing you could also tell that none of them thought they were gonna win like they were all genuinely surprised by winning and even when dan levy got up there to accept his um emmy for best supporting actor in a comedy he even said oh internet's gonna hate me because he did not like there were other people on that list that were definitely gonna win or like people thought were gonna win but it ended up being him sure well i just think i don't know I just didn't understand the monologue with the like, let me talk to this audience, but they're not actually here. But like, let's pipe in like applause. And it's just weird. Well, did it's, you watch the full monologue? I want, I, I got the gist and the gist was boring. Well, because they're fake clapping. And then he goes, Oh, why are we even doing this? When we could just do it like this and be like, Hey people, I'm at Apple park. My name's Tim cook, which is what he really should have done. It should have just been yeah. Jimmy Kimmel on stage being like, meh, meh, meh. Just talking to the camera. Don't fake it. It was awkward. That made me awkward. I just didn't like Honestly, it. Honestly, you know, I wasn't. Into you know what? It. I would have liked even better with it being Jimmy Kimmel, and everyone knows him because of his TV show. That they somehow incorporated like one of his TV show bits, either like the couch where all the celebs are reading their hateful tweets, or like on the streets of New York because Jimmy Kimmel's known for doing that too. They should have incorporated him. So otherwise that I was born, I think they could just throw the names up on the screen and, you know, the robot voice could have read me the nominations. I don't need a celebrity to whisper into my ear. I just need to see what happened. Tell me what's up. Tell me who the winner is. And then I cannot care because that award, guess what? Doesn't matter. You know what I was surprised about that did not win any Emmys 
Well, The Morning Show won one Emmy for a supporting actor, but <laughs> did you just unbutton your pants? <laughs> I did. I forget that you can see my whole body. I was like, but I'm wearing uh, jeans and I've worn jeans for too long today. So I've reached the point, I've reached my jean capacity. And therefore, I wanted to bring some formal attire to this. Yeah, you're still wearing your work to, clothes. I wanted to take it back a notch. I wanted to casualize it. By unbuttoning so your therefore, pants. So therefore, I've unbuttoned my <laughs> pants just for you. Well, what I was going to say before I got distracted that you were unbuttoning your pants, which is that, funny enough, in the morning show, the show from Apple TV+, Plus, we have both Finn's mom and Kurt's dad as guests on their show. Okay. I was like very surprised. Um, Finn's mom plays. Mike O'Malley's on the morning show. Yeah. He's on an episode with the forest fires in California. He's the guy who saves dogs. You're right. And I forgot Kurt's dad was just hanging out. (laughs) And Finn's mom is Jennifer Anderson's like personal PR bitch. Like they're both on the show. And I'm like, well, hello, Ryan Murphy, you in the crowd somewhere? Cause you spoiler alert. <laughs> well, you know that Ryan Murphy's the executive producer of every show ever created and he loves to use the same people over again. So wouldn't it be surprised? God. Blech. So I, right. I think it's time for some pitch corrections. This is the, <laughs> let me just, let me just fill you in. If you, if you're, if you're new to the show, uh, pitch corrections is kind of like our follow up where we look back on the week before and we say, <laughs> we screwed all that up or we clarify. We said, we finally figured out the answer to something that we didn't know the answer to. Um, and therefore we tell you, we whisper it into your ears and then, you know why we suck. And if you just listen to the previous episode, you can stop yelling at your uh, car radio because then you know that we've corrected it immediately afterwards. Yes. So, you know, we're doing the work. Okay. So in the last episode, we were talking about cabaret, maybe this time, which was both of our favorite songs that April Rhodes did. I said it was written for cabaret, which It was in Cabaret, obviously, but it was actually written for an actress named Kay Ballard, which was then later sung by Liza Minnelli. So it was not written for her. It was not written for Cabaret, but it was best known for Liza Minnelli singing it in Cabaret. Marvelous. Yes. We've uh, also finally realized what the full Silkwood is. Now, um, if you recall, Miss Pillsbury says she took four showers because she was a Ralph Don by Kurt. And therefore she said, I think they call that the full silkwood. And we said, what's a silkwood? Well, it turns out a silkwood, um, is both a real life, uh, court case and a film, um, in 1983 where a nuclear whistleblower died in a car crash as she was investigating what was happening at her place of work. Very conspicuous. It was quite a scene, I guess. And the whole nuclear whistleblower must be, why a sanitation shower is considered the full Silkwood connect on the dots. Uh-huh. And we love the Meryl street movie too. Um, and last but not least in pitch corrections last episode, there's a time where Zach and I are talking about a scene where Rachel's getting yelled at by the lovely Sandy Ryerson. And we said it happened like 10 minutes into the television show. It did not. It happened towards the end. We were just, completely bonkers while recording the podcast at that time for some reason. And now we're correcting it for you. Um, because once again, we are a fact only, um, award future award winning podcast. There you have it. 
That's the way uh, Sue allegedly sees it sometimes. <laughs> well, let's get started with this episode, episode six of And That's What You Missed on Glee. In the sixth episode, Sue encourages Will to spark some friendly competition amidst the Glee Club. Terry goes from assistant manager to school nurse, and there is a surprise engagement. And that's what you missed on Glee. <laughs> I think I'm just going to find Yikes. different ways to do it every time since, you know, they do it too on the show. So, sure. Episode opens right out the gate. Glee rehearsal. Rachel's back in the club. And we find out that sectionals are in two weeks. Uh, you missed the very first thing that's happening that really ruined the whole episode once again. Oh, bad choreography. All bad choreography. Always. I thought you were going to say they were singing Journey again. And I'm like, I don't know what your hatred for Journey is, but also bad. But learn that move on. The whole show is going to be Journey, Journey, Journey. God darn it. I hate that. Um, But sectionals are in two weeks. And we find out that sectionals are like regionals, but they're not regionals. They're sectionals. And I'm assuming that it's like your sectional is the state of Ohio, but the regional would be the whole Midwest. So they would have Ohio, Indiana, Illinois. They'd have all them fuckers competing. Sure. That sounds about right. Um, because, you know, we find out in regionals, we have Carmel from Indiana, and then we have them from Ohio. So, obviously, two states makes it a region. It's going to be so heated. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait to watch them crash and burn. It's going to be great with bad choreography and auto-tune Finn. It's going to be awesome. Well, you have like 18 episodes to get there. So, oh my God. Spoiler alert. I guess that's the finale. Duh. The whole season is going towards the regionals. Do you not think regionals would uh, be the finale? God. Okay. As you cool. like to say, Can't that's wait. the stakes. The stakes are regional. So therefore the whole season will be about regionals. No one's paying attention in class. No one cares. There's no more driving Glee Club. April Rhodes left. She took her box wine and their will to live. For sure. Then we go to Emma and Shu. They're eating lunch together like typical. You know, this is their everyday thing. And we get the mustard scene, which to me, I was like, is this spicy mustard? Is this uh, honey mustard? Is it just good old yellow? Do we got some Dijon, some Poupon? Like, what's the dealio, man? <laughs> well, and he has the mustard in his cute Kirk Douglas chin dimple. Who the fuck is Kirk Douglas? <laughs> I literally Googled this man. Kirk Douglas. Uh, this is some like a the pictures were all in black and white. So instantly I said, not interested. <laughs> So he must have been some actor or otherwise back in the 50s is my guess. Stay tuned for, uh, you know, next week's episode when we correct that. And I say it's actually the 40s or the 30s or something else that doesn't matter because it's in the past. Or just check out at Atwamog on Instagram, probably not Twitter, to find out more information. <laughs> there you go. And do you notice that she's eating with gloves and not like normal gloves, but like those big plastic gloves? Yeah, she's got those like... You know, this is how I grab the nachos when I'm at the soup kitchen. Terrible concession <laughs> oh. stand. There you go. Yes. Either <laughs> way. It's the same. It's all poor. Um, and we find out though that there are two teams for sectionals against them. We have the Jane Adams School for Girls, which is a halfway house, according to Mercedes, and the uh-huh. School of the Deaf, which we found out our football team lost to, so we're hopefully the Glee Club will not. 
Oh, yes, because we're flashing back and forth. We're flashing back and forth between this and back to the room, and he tells yes. My question here was, Finn can do a drum roll? <laughs> the fuck? Yes. That's like, that's hard to do. You know, like, it's not just something you just grab the sticks and there you go. You can do a drum roll. What? You're white. You have no rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> He's mouthing words to me through FaceTime. Um, I no, I literally, I did percussion in high school and drum rolls are hard, man. Like you have to hold the sticks a certain way. It's like a practiced thing that you do. And I know for damn sure that Finn has never touched a drum in his life. And he's sitting there as if he's played the drums and he's in a band. He's not. I didn't understand that. It really took me out of the moment. So spoiler alert, Finn can play the drums. And I think Corey Monteith could play the drums in real life. And that's why they incorporated it. Ugh, I hate this man. Okay, (laughs) moving on. So Sue is watching this whole Kirk Douglas chin dimple thing go down and she stops them and she goes, I have bile in my mouth. (laughs) Yes. And (laughs) and I like that. She's like. (laughs) <laughs> I, I like that she's just like has this like inner like monologue happening mm-hmm. as she's watching this. Like you can just see her eyes are just like disgusted <laughs> at everything that Will Schuster does. Um, and then she decides to chime in and she's like, you guys just aren't doing this children thing. Right. <laughs> she's like basically telling them you have to be a dictator. You know, like you have to show them who's in charge, who is boss, who is, as they say, daddy. And Sue is like, here's how you get to be daddy. (laughs) And she starts to kind of poke the bear and basically inspires this competition because she thinks that's the only way they're ever going to get anywhere. And that's what she does with her Cheerios. And she leaves them off with children need to be terrified or their bones won't grow pop properly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, ex- and then she insults Emma's blouse. Typical. Did you hear what she called her though? <laughs> she didn't call her Emma. She said, Ellen, that blouse is insane. <laughs> there were so many insults this episode towards her and her like doe eyes and her like demeanor. And I, I don't know. I just like that. They keep the, the mental illness string, yeah. like the joke alive. And I don't, I think it's just like a perfect little, I mean, it's bad. It's all terrible, but it's also, Someone I watched a TikTok that I can't remember who it was, but it was the song like, do you ever feel like somebody's watching me? You know that song? Mm -hmm. It was Mm -hmm. that song playing and this girl was like walking around and then they would just have like a cropped picture of Emma's eyes (laughs) and like behind a bush. (laughs) And I screamed, laughed because her eyes are like, they follow you a little bit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Bush baby is what she's called at some point as well. Um, so then will brings this idea up. Like he has the, he, he takes whatever, you know, Sue has given him and kind of turns it in a different direction and then tells the, the crew in a gay direction, the club <laughs> in a new direction and tells them that they, um, are going to have this kind of friendly competition, this musical mashup if you will. And naturally puck being the dumbass that he is, is like, ah, but Mr. Shoe, what's a mashup. And, and I swore that that man was about to rap. I, for some reason in my memory, that was a time when he was like, let me show you. And he like takes off whatever jacket he's wearing and he starts rapping to yeah. them, but he didn't, <laughs> that didn't happen. I, well, I feel like, I feel like that was probably written. And then they, they pulled the three sheets out of the script and said, Nope. 
or they watched it back and like there's that's probably something that lives on the season one DVD somewhere. I'm sure it's out there. Um, and he gives a definition of the mashup, which I thought was nice. Definitely, um, it's an even richer explosion of musical expression. Well, and we learned that the competition is which group can make the better mashup performance, girls versus guys. And yes. Kurt walks to the girl's side. Uh, I loved it. I loved and it. And I do think that, like, nowadays, if, that sh- if the show was on the air and Kurt walked to the girl's side, the teacher would just let it happen. But she was like, fuck yes. no. Go, go with the other penises. <laughs> right. And then he informs them there's going to be a celebrity judge. And I said, oh, my God, who is this? Who's, we've had Josh Groban. We've had Kristen Chenoweth. Who could it be? <laughs> Turns out the... Uh, the celebrity judge was a lot less exciting than I thought it would be. Alma. Mr. Shu asked the boys, you know, are you guys nervous? What's going to happen? And Artie just wheels up and goes, oh, we plan on smacking them down like the hand of God. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, some authority, authority from the uh, boy in the wheelchair. Who's not trying hard enough to walk. Um, then we slide to Dear Diary. Yes, Sue's office, which we know is my favorite. Like, no matter, whenever they got on set, and they were like in Sue's office. I'm sure everyone's like nips got hard because they just know it's going to be a good scene. Yes. And so Sue's in her office. She's writing her journal and it always starts with dear journal. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's had a rough day. Apparently she's broke her juicer with beef bone smoothie. <laughs> the Cheerios are a disaster. She's starting to see that Quentin's not, you know, not all there. She goes, and I saw a quiver. <laughs> Um, she apparently wants to buy a hovercraft. <laughs> I've written that down for some reason. And I do love her light blue tracksuit. This is a nice, this is oh. a nice tracksuit today. Well, this girl as this gal, as she informs us, she's about to turn 30, man. And, and that was I like the punchline to me. About to turn 30. We're <laughs> <laughs> oh like, no and doubt at this point, Jane Lynch was probably 50 years old. <laughs> oh, for sure. I just, I loved all, I loved this part so much. I rewatched it like a, like six times just to make sure I got this next quote correctly written down because it, it gave me so much joy. I was just gonna say, you know, who is about to turn 30, all of the high schoolers in this TV show at the time it was being filmed. Oh my God. Like I'm Edit pretty that sure when it, to make that sound smart. Right. <laughs> because at the end, <laughs> when this show is over, <laughs> I don't think a single one of them was not already 30, 30 plus. No, no way. Um, <laughs> but we, we get the best quote, I think of this section I have two of them. So which one? (laughs) Oh, where she, she tells us that these kids are in fact, not quite 30 because she says she's about to be shanghaied by the bi curious machinations of a cabal (laughs) of doughy misshapen teens. This, I, my God. (laughs) And she, (laughs) she then comes to the realization that she already tried to destroy the glee club alone by stealing yeah. their star that she must now destroy the man. Yes. She has to get to will because clearly she knows about Emma mm-hmm. and therefore she turns her direction to Terry. And this is where I think we get maybe the best aside from that. This might be the best like one liner from the episode, which is pregnancy is no excuse for extra pounds. <laughs> Yeah, she goes, she goes, a wife puts on some extra pounds. She goes, I'm pregnant. That's no excuse. 
That's no excuse. And she says that she always thought that this made me think of um, me 90% of the time, you 100% of the time, where she goes, I always thought that procreation was a sign of deep personal weakness. A thousand percent of the time. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't have kids. (laughs) Don't waste your time, man. Sue's at Terry's house and she's basically convincing her that her hubby is either making eyes or making love with somebody he works with. And you know what? That someone might be an Italy. Wow. <laughs> you might have to do wow. it. I don't know. <laughs> I would just skip it all together at this point. Oh my God. Move okay, it along, I can do baby. <laughs> and that someone that he's interested in might be a mentally ill pygmy with eyes like a bush baby. Absolutely. AKA Ellen, AKA Alma, AKA Emma Pillsbury. The full Silkwood herself. While Terry and Sue are talking, Terry goes, I just can't, you know, show up at the school. And Sue goes, well, thankfully the nurse's position is open. And we cut to a scene of Sue tripping the nurse down the stairs. Which is gold. It's just like (laughs) Sue will do whatever it takes at whatever the cost. Yes, she will. Including killing the school nurse. <laughs> um, yes, thankfully the school nurse position is open. And so basically, now we are at the interview for this position, and her qualifications, you know, out of everything, out of anything, which made me really think back to did I ever go to the school nurse? And like, was that their qualifications? Because I don't think I ever did. But the qualifications here were well, she's like, well, I've done some like, you know, first aid training and used a, def- a defibrillator. Defibrillator? Defibrillator. Defibrillator. There it is. I found it. I found the word. Yes. And then we cut back to the teacher's lounge again. And Sue and Emma are busy at lunch together. And Terry sees them. Once again, they're flirting. And Did Terry you say just Sue and Emma? Pops in here. I heard. Oh, Shoe Shoe and Emma. and Emma. Okay. I'll let it slide. Yes. Shoe and Emma. <laughs> Terry pops in there into the teacher's lounge and Will's like, what the fuck are you doing here? (laughs) This is my safe space away from you. (laughs) Right. So where the fuck did you come from? And I'm going to have to cut that out. That was too much fucks. I know this is an explicit channel, but I did make a note that her belly looks extra fake here. I don't know if it was the way it was lumpy, but it was she's more grasshopper pie. Less she's extra fake, man. And there's some lipstick on Emma's cup. Oh, yeah. How disgusting. Which Terry makes a point to, you know, clean it off and touch her cup. And Will's like, and she's like, and Terry's like, gotcha, babe. And really kind of, you know, stakes her claim, plants her flag on the moon. That is Will Schuster's perm. (laughs) Well, she also, you know, keeps reiterating to Emma who she is, which is, um, yes. Hi, I'm Terry, Will's pregnant (laughs) wife. And... Just reiterating to her their places and their stances in Will's life. Yeah. Finn's a sleepy boy. Finn's having a rough time. Yeah, he he's got a because he he loves Rachel and Quinn. He's got right. two loves. He's yeah. His uh, yes, his like passion is devoted. His ear has a hair on it. He's having a baby. <laughs> he's popular. He's in the football team. He likes the Glee Club for the first time in his life. 
He's got his video games, man. He had to give up homework for God's sake. <laughs> He's got a life. Did you notice the way that he he described Rachel? Oh, yeah. He was like, she freaks me out in a swim fam kind of way. If you're not into boobs. I have two questions. What is swim fam? Flim flam? Swim, swim fam. fam. No idea. What is biofreeze? Yeah. He's rubbing Great. biofreeze on something. I'm assuming it's icy hot. Okay. Rachel has boobs. She's got those sweaty sweater puppies. The over-the-shoulder boulder holders. Right. She's got boobs. What does he mean by if you're not into boobs? Well, Quinn must have better boobs, I think is what he's trying to say. Which I can't confirm. If we're going to perform for the big bucks in this competition, we have to then rehearse our mashups. With all of the girls on his mind, Finn ends up deciding from the advice of Puck to go to the nurse's office and to try to take a nap at school to try to remedy this. Finn finds out that Mrs. Shu is now also going to be in his life as the school nurse. And she asks him, you know, some basic questions and he goes to bed after Cinemax starts playing the regular movies again. I don't remember that at all. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, you're watching Skinamax. Got it. Yes. Um, and the love triangles start to kind of cross over even more because he's talking. He is talking to Terry about how he's stuck between Rachel and Quinn. And Terry's realizing that she was stuck between her and Emma. And there's just lots of toxicity happening in this nurse's office. And on top of that, she like kind of immediately knows, you know, who he is and what his personal life is all about because Will has told her behind the scenes and she's like, no, oh, I don't know anything, you know. Um, but that's how she kind of shifts, I think, her love triangle to his love triangle. And she's like, remember, flirting is cheating. And we find out that the only way that she was able to get through everything in high school was by popping pseudofedrin, which... When she popped out those pills, I feel like it's probably the equivalent of taking to like six of today's Sudafed. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what that was. I was like, what is a Sudafedrin? And I, well, I mean, I've heard of Sudafed, but I've never really taken it. Like, I don't really exactly know until I, and this is kind of this random aside because I, for some reason, Googled this to some point. I don't know how I Googled this, but I got to this point where I found this article that called this episode of TV the most pro-drugs hour of TV ever. <laughs> and I was like, huh? Like, really? Have you seen Breaking Bad? And I guess maybe that wasn't totally out yet, but... Breaking Bad was out during this time? I mean, like, maybe, like, the first couple, the first season or two. Um, the person who wrote the article was like, and I don't particularly care if the show does get kids hooked on decongestant, if it makes them sing like that, maybe it's a win-win. <laughs> so she is giving him <laughs> this weird pseudoephedrine, which apparently acts like caffeine, but also like makes them like, like uh, I almost took it to be like, uh, what do people like take nowadays to like, to perform and stay awake? Adderall? Adderall. I almost, it almost seemed like they were relating it to that. And I was like, I've got some Sudafed in my bedroom right now. Like, is that for real? Is that for realsies? Like I'm about to try it. 
so I think Sudafed has changed through the years. If um, like if, that's why I said if you say the size of that pill, I feel like it's a little different formula of the today's Sudafed. But Sudafedrin is the main ingredient in Sudafed, but not the only one. Where Sudafedrin is what they put in. What allergy med do you take? Allegra. Yeah. So there's Sudafedrin in Allegra because since Allegra is a decongestant, it needs something to make it so it doesn't knock you out. There is no pseudoephedrin in things like Benadryl because Benadryl literally knocks you out. But when you see anything like Claritin, it's called like the non-drowsy allergy med. Like that was their yeah. whole thing. And it was because it had pseudoephedrin in it. And the box practically looks like a Claritin D whatever. Right. But I um, think somehow what they did is they, whatever pills they were taking was like just pseudoephedrin, which is literally meth. Like not joking. Pseudoephedrin is meth. Huh. Well, Breaking she- bad. Calls it a, you know, a vitamin D supplement. Um, hence the, it's the titular moment of the show. Um, and I mean, yeah, if, if, like, if that's how my vitamin D supplement right now made me feel like that'd be great, you know? <laughs> Interesting way to say that. <laughs> um, but we do finally get to the first mashup of the episode, which is confessions slash it's my life. Did you know either of these songs before seeing this? Because I did not. Let me make you mad again. You realize it's been 45 minutes without a break. Yeah, the break's right after the song. Oh, my God. Okay. I can see, I can see the anger on your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop fucking pissing me off. Because at this break, I'm going to go get a glass of wine because I'm You're over lucky it. that we have argued for hours before and been fine the next day or else. Did I know either of these songs? Um... I, yes, what? I knew them both. It's My Life by Bon Jovi and Confessions by Usher. What? What are you doing? I, I mean, once again, I was 13 when this came out, so that could have been why, but. Uh. I mean, Usher was like sex god at, you know, 2000. I want to say this is probably 2006, 2007, Usher. Um, in fact, uh, in point of fact, my, I don't even know what this means for my own um, sexuality, but is AOL instant messenger past your time? No. Okay. So back in the day, kids, all the kids out there, AIM, as it were, you could customize the, um, kind of like your background image of the message thread. Mm -hmm. You could also set up the default font and highlight color as well as the text itself. And I, specifically remember mine was to match an usher background for the album confessions, which I think was also the album name. So I'm saying that now. And I had, (laughs) I had distinct, I had copper plate Gothic was my font. It's like a big, uh, not bold, but it's like all caps in italics for some reason. Um, I had zero taste and it was like blue and gold. And when people would message me, you know, they would see that stuff on my side and like, had I listened to the album? Yes. I think it's the least white thing I've ever done, um, is listen to Usher, but also, yeah, that was life. I don't know. I don't know where that story's going, but yes, <laughs> thousand percent. I think you I, just said that Usher was bon your gay awakening. <laughs> <laughs> Gayception as they call it. Yes. And by they, I mean, that's what I was calling it last episode. <laughs> um, the, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't remember being really like, I'm not even interested in this person. Like 
this person, this celebrity. Um, but I don't know what that was. So in this song, they still can't dance. Do you think they're auto-tuned? Cause you had some very strong opinions about auto-tuned in the last episode. Uh, who's this, who's singing right away? Oh, duh. It's Finn singing <laughs> Bon Jovi. Uh, like that's the opening verse and yes, 1 million percent. Did you ever go back and watch that ending and realize how wrong you were? Oh my God. It's so bad. Um, now I mean, it's Bon Jovi. So like you either, it almost more so felt less like an auto tune and more of a mashup of like Bon Jovi's vocals and Finn's vocals that had been magically melded together. That's more of the, the take I got this time. Did you see how hot Mike Chang was though? Through the whole ep- through the whole performance, <laughs> you know, I literally watched this entire episode trying to point out who the hell that is. And I'm still like, not, I mean, I, I must know who it is because the everyone's well represented and that is, you know, that is that person. But I, I mean, is he, I think it's the long hair that's throwing me off. Uh, he does that move where he like drops to the ground and then he comes up and he goes during the song. He's got, uh, he's got like the little, like the, like the shaggy kind of hair. Yeah. Very J Beebs at the time. Yeah. That that's, I don't know. Not into he's it. also in crazy rich Asians, but, um, I will say the best vocals in this whole song are Artie's when he comes wheeling in for confessions. Uh, yes, but also it just, I don't know. It feels very produced, but okay. I'll let it slide. But to give her to my, oh, such, so good. Wow. You know, I like that, that he's rolling back and forth, owning the stage. You know, that's his like pivot and plant pivot and plant. Um, I also like that they have matching jackets that was requested. Will was like, make sure like that you feel like a, you know, a unif a uniform number. But um, not only did I think it was really good. Mr. Shu thought it was really good. And yeah. that it could be the opening number for sectionals. I wrote, I literally wrote that down. Wow. A lot of excitement with his praise. Like he was jazzed. And this is where we see the, um, this is no, no, no. Yes. This is where we see the uh, celebrity judge. Yes. There Which she is. is. There's the, uh, the Bush baby herself. Alma. <laughs> with the outrageous blouse. You know what is also outrageous? We're going on a break. <laughs> oh my God, we need one. I would just like the record to show that I came back from break before Zach. Never. Uh, I just told the audience that I wanted the record to show that I came back from break before you. Oh, I was doing that thing where I stand in the bathroom and just look at my phone, you know, and it takes over my life and mind for five minutes. Well, while you were gone, I have a whole glass of wine and um, cookie cake. <laughs> so did you did you do a country pour? No, this is a um, human pour, so less than uh, 10 ounces. Your uh, your nails match your wine. Oh, thank you. That was the whole goal. There you go. We kind of get a very heartwarming moment, I think, between Quinn and Rachel, where, uh-huh. you know, Rachel kind of lets her know, hey, that cheerleading costume is not going to fit you forever. So yeah. think about who your real friends are and who can be here to support you. 
Well, because she knows she's going to have some junk in her frunk. That's what you call a Tesla trunk. No? No? Nothing? All right. Cool. Chew your cookie cake. Well, you um, know, frunks were frunks were before Teslas, and people seem to have forgotten that. But uh, Well, they, they made it more popular, so that's what matters. Okay. She naturally has to put her down at some point. She tells her she's occasionally sharp, but we need you. That's the Rachel way, you know? Let me build you up, but also make sure that I'm still higher on the pedestal. We find out last week we were confused by Howard's last name. Was that last week or two weeks ago? I don't know. Oh, at some point and in life. At some point in life. And we said, was his last name Bamboo or were the writers lazy? Well, turns out maybe both. Um, <laughs> slash racist. Lazy is less racist. Um, Lacist. And, and we get a phone call where... Howard says, hi, Terry, this is Howard Bamboo. <laughs> and she's like, yo, bro, I know. Um, and she tells him to buy oops, all decongestant. And he's like, how much? And you know, and you're waiting for like a four, a five, a one, two, a six, a seven, a Monica, seven, seven, seven. And she's like, no, 36. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. And she wants her kiddos to be happy and healthy. And ultimately, she then convinces Ken to propose to Emma and to do so to get that courage. She also put him on a vitamin D regimen. God, she's just a little drug dealer. Slash. I don't even know. Like. I don't I don't know. I don't like her. She <laughs> but she's pivotal to this plot. <laughs> which is to give everybody vitamin D drug them all. I mean, she's a shitty person, but I'm obsessed with the character, Terry Schuster. <laughs> like I love her so much, but she is awful. Well, and like, I think Ken kind of like brings this on, right? Yeah. <laughs> My girlfriend is in love with your husband. <laughs> That's what I have written down. <laughs> and she's like, and oh you're going to fix that by proposing to her. <laughs> and we get another, uh, slur. I don't know. Not slur, but, um, Insult for uh, Emma, which is harlot, a doe-eyed little harlot. Oh, boy. I just, I don't know. I just want Terry to realize that, like, he's not the guy for her. <laughs> you know? Move on. And then we go to the girls' rehearsals where we find out Kurt has switched sides to tell them that the boys were doping, as you would. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and he's mad at them because they wouldn't let him do their hair. In cornrows. <laughs> In cornrows. Which uh, would have maybe actually been the equivalent in 2009, 2010 of blackface. Yes. For sure. And then Rachel then decides to use this ammunition brought by Kurt to accost Finn in the hallway by saying, hey, F-Rod. Yeah. (laughs) Like A-Rod, but F-Rod. A-Rod, a.k.a. J-Lo's boyfriend. (laughs) I I thought I wrote that down, but I I didn't. So, yes, (laughs) I remember that now. I'm looking through her. I'm like, where am I? Like, I totally remember that happening and I enjoyed it. Um, I, I thought that was a cute little scene of sorts, you know, like it was just like, they've got their little banter. They, they're both like kind of the captains of their side of the mm-hmm. glee club of sorts. I don't know. I thought it was cute. Well, and I also like that. We also get to see some more of Rachel's motivation other than just her two gay dads. She's a rigorous, right. she's a rigorous, rigorous. She has a rigorous diet, <laughs> a rigorous diet and exercise routine with waking up at 6 a.m. every morning. 
She loves that elliptical. She loves it. I like and don't like. It's the most like cliche thing to do is to, you know, tie a bone in front of you and go at it. Um, but I like that we learned that she wants to win an Oscar. No, my God. That she wants to win a Grammy. And I just think yeah. of Kanye West peeing on his Grammy. Oh my God. That's no. all I can think of. Nope, nope, nope. Not allowed. The whole time. <laughs> um it's on everyone's mind. <laughs> it's not on my Come mind. On. I canceled Kanye three years ago and never looked back. Oh my God. But I've seen it. Um I've seen it. I do just like she makes a good point. Like set your goals and keep going until you achieve them, right? Doesn't matter if it's a short-term goal, a long-term goal, like set your goals, set your eyes on them and keep going. And it turns out that um the way for her to set her goals and um, you know, get even is to also dope um, and do drugs. And naturally, Terry's ready to hook them all up. She's like, it's over the, sound, over the counter. It's safe. No worries. It's a vitamin regimen. She gets to give uh, Quinn some more um, folic acid in this case. Um, but yeah, she's like, everyone's going to do drugs, and I'm going to be your dealer. And that's how this is going to be. Did you ever go to your school nurse? Uh, my high school didn't have one. Oh. Maybe I didn't have one either. Yeah, we had one in elementary school, but not in high school. Hmm. All right. So then we go back to the break room, the teacher's lounge, where, you know, Terry and Will are having a nice lunch together as a married couple. And he still has mustard on his face. (laughs) Oh, God. And uh, Ken is in the background shredding things. Yuck. With his gum? No. You notice he's like yeah. hardcore, like popping his gum because he's on speed. <laughs> oh, yes. He's like very anxious all the time. Yeah. Um, I like that there's a sign on the wall that says you must be trained by Ken Tanaka to use this shredder. <laughs> I didn't even notice it. Like, oh, my God. Ken, you know, is obsessed with his shredder. Sue is obsessed with her copy machine. These these people. And Will is teachers. obsessed with his journey. Yes. And uh, Emma is obsessed with her cleanliness. Yes. And uh, Terry decides to help get the mustard off of Will's face by licking it. I thought it was hot. hot. (laughs) Hell yeah. Good for her. Um, I thought, yes. And that's when you know for sure. Like, that's when this should have told her that he's not interested anymore. Because he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is my workplace. Like, bro. It's not that deep. And then he storms out. Terry convinces Ken that now was the perfect time in the teacher's lounge to propose to Emma. Which I didn't write this all down because I thought it was too cute and there might have been a tear in my eye. I don't know if that happened or not, but I thought he did. He did such a good job. I wrote down two really one really cute thing that made me cry and one really funny thing was that she cried for an hour after his elbow accidentally grazed her boob. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. But then the really sweet thing was he said, um, I can't promise to always be clean, but I'll promise to keep your life clean of sadness, loneliness, or any other dark clowns that might come at you. And I was like, <laughs> like sobbing at fucking And then Kentonaka. I think he calls her Eminem. Yes. Which, which I was like, oh, he's got a little nickname for her. He loves her. He actually and loves her. Yeah. I don't know. I'll keep your life clean of sadness. That's just like... <laughs> I don't know. It gave me a little like a little little chill. Like uh, it was pretty sweet. 
So I enjoyed that. And he's super attentive to her to the point where he knows that Blood Diamond really affected her life. So he got her a cubic zirconium engagement ring. My God. He's so proud of that. Oh, what a man. No answer there yet. Nope. Not yet. But. Uh, Oh, what are you going to do, Emma? Like, come on. Oh, I was like groaning ready for the next performance. (laughs) Well, and that turns out that's next. The girls are are doing the Halo, which I'm just like, ugh. Here we go. Here's more Beyonce. Like she got her contract this episode, um, and Walking on Sunshine, which my immediate take was like, ugh. Like Sydney Lopez. I just didn't. I didn't see it coming together. Like I just, I don't know. Well, I love that like you can tell they're all on speed because they're like the girls are talking at the opening and Santana and Tina are like twitching their head the entire time. And Rachel's like, and we're talking about and we're going to sing about and we're going to do what the world is needing most sunshine and optimism and also angels. Uh, (laughs) But it is good. It is. It's it's surprisingly Good. If you like, don't say that this is a great performance, I'm gonna be mad. <laughs> I don't know if it's a great performance. The choreography is so much better than the boys. Yes. Um, I mean the yellow outfits are fine. They don't necessarily all match. So I was a little miffed about that. Um, the I've I've written down and I don't remember what I mean by this. The singing was a little more scattered. Um, tell me what did I mean by that? Well, probably because they were so on speed that they were going like double tempo the whole time. So it was a little like, like a little frantic, you know? Uh, okay. Yeah. But um, did they divvy up the parts a little bit better? Yeah, I think it was a nice like difference between the girls. Mercedes killed it. And then that last note that yeah. Rachel hit where she's like, Hello! that's me putting it in. Um, and yes, it is just it's. It's a good little mix. Oh, Emma does decide to reveal to Will after this performance that she has an offer on the table. Yeah, he's like, he's like, what do you, uh, what are you gonna do about this? You know, what other options do I have? <laughs> and then she kind of said the uh, typical thing back to him, which was, unless if you can give me a reason not to. Right. Like, what other options do I have? Do I have you? Is the what I right. what I took from that conversation. Um, because I think she does. And I just don't know that he, I think the only thing that's making him not is this fake baby. Right. You know, like there's this, this thing that looms over him where like, apparently that's, what's going to make him the bad person. You know, it's not that he's practically cheating on his wife at all hours of the day. It's not that he can't make a decision as to whether or not he is part of Glee club or not. And, you know, likes to jump in and out and does it when he's interested in, whatever it's that he's got this baby on the way, which I don't, I've just never understood what it is about that, that make people connected. I mean, I just don't understand what makes, that's what make people stay together and it doesn't ever seem to work out well. So we got to get over that world. Let's move on from that. Let's stop. Yeah. Later that night, Terry and Emma are actually both working late for some reason. And Terry uses this time to kind of confront Emma about the fact that she is trying to steal her man. Yeah. And she calls Emma. She goes, everyone just thinks you're such an innocent dove. So innocent. Thought you'd steal a man away from his pregnant wife. Your innocence is overbearing is what I had. Um, And I think that. Yeah, I mean, again, she's doing everything she can. She's she's throwing spaghetti against the wall. You know, 
I'm, is it going to stick? I don't know. And I did write down that Terry made some points, right? Like Terry is legit. His wife, she does have this woman macking on her, even though we might be macking on him, even though we might be team Emma in this situation, like Terry does have some grounds to be like upset on. Yeah. You agree? Yeah. Yep. Sorry. I'm yawning. Do you also um, agree that um, we should take another break? Text my personal assistant to preheat the oven. It's not delivery. It's design. It's actually Red Baron. Ew, Red Baron's the worst. Oh my god! Of the of oh, hold on, hold on. Stop the show. In the grand scheme of frozen pizzas, it's DiGiorno's. Red Baron is the worst. I'm just I'm flummoxed over here. DiGiorno is actually not great. Oh my god, it's so good. And we're back. <laughs> Is that a good segue? It was hot. Okay. Um, Quinn and Terry. I did. I did. I did. I did. I or did. I did. I. I predicted last episode that Quinn and that Terry would check in on the Quinn situation, and it kind of started with the Finn thing. And I said half point, half credit, and then this happens in the hallway, and I said full credit, baby. That's a prediction. I did it. Um, they are chatting in the hallway. Um, for some reason in quotes, I have handed over to me. What does that mean? Oh, she says that about the baby. Yeah. That's what she does. Says handed before you hand it over to me. Like what a blase way of saying, you know, let me adopt your baby. <laughs> right. And, uh, Terry goes, I don't know how you kids do it now. You know, we had so much less TV back then. <laughs> like, so I guess less TV equals an easier life where people don't get pregnant in high school. Well, you don't get ideas in your head. <laughs> about mm. being pregnant in high school. Because <laughs> you can't watch um, Skinamax I, at night instead of doing your schoolwork. There it is. There it is, kids. Kids, pornography. It's the silent killer. And if you're a boy, um, it grows hands on your palms, hair on your palms. Hair on your palms. Ugh, weird. We're just, we're just apes at this point. <gasps> um, I loved that Quinn was like, okay, I'll give you my baby, but you're going to give me money. You're going to pay for my vitamins, my appointments, my everything, my clothes, my maternity clothes. I was like, what? Well, good for her. And what's weird to me is Terry does say no, but like she's kind of Terry's only option. And the average yeah. adoption in America, which is insane, is like $30,000. So if Terry were to adopt a child, she would still then have to do all that. Yeah. You can't just pick them up at the pound. Like, it's not how it works. It's not as easy as it was in the twenties, where you would just find out, you know, what parent left their child in the grocery store. Then now you have a new son, right? It's not as, <laughs> I mean, it, well, technically for about $10,000, it's pretty easy. You just go to wayfair.com, wayfair.com sponsor. <laughs> Use code glee. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For 10% off your next child delivered to your doorstep, uh, contactless delivery, contactless. <laughs> I really don't know if sex trafficking <laughs> jokes are okay. <laughs> it's an explicit podcast. Oh boy. Well, in the twenties, really, they would actually go to the nearest home, you know, orphanage. Did you know orphanages used to be a thing? Are those still a thing? That's my question. No, cause we have foster systems now. Every orphanage in your ha- head, isn't it like a huge house? 
Um, it's like a it's an it's an estate. Yes, now they use all of those homes to film episodes of American Horror Story. Ah, yes, that's what they're that used explains for now. Coven so much more. Uh huh. Now I get it exactly. Fun fact: Ryan Murphy actually um, did all the sets in Coven with Wayfair.com. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, that was good. I was not expecting that. <laughs> not a sponsor, but use code Glee for uh, you know an Atwood mog of savings. Use all right. An Atwood mog is that now like a unit of measurement? <laughs> it's a unit of measure. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna go get um, four Atwood mogs of wine. <laughs> we then get to Emma and Ken, uh-huh. and Emma's like kind of laying the ground rules for him. Because, you know, Will is not going to be an option. She's going to go for the next best thing for her, which is they'll live on opposite sides of town. No seeing each other after school. A secret wedding that no one's going to be invited to. I feel so bad for him. He likes like, her. I don't, and it just it feels like one of those. I mean, this is a, this is a tale as old as, you know, high school time. There's always some kind of weird relationship that's kind of a secret because they don't want the other popular kid or otherwise to find out and judge them or like, I don't know, not be interested. I think it also happens um, from what I understand, you know, with new pop culture in in 2020. I think this happens a lot, too, with um, like the more so in newer culture, pop culture um, with the LGBTQ plus community. Because I feel like a lot of times there is either the kind of openly and then the closeted and then maybe there's a relationship, but the other person doesn't want people to find out about it. And so they have these kind of secret things, which kind of puts even more impact on the relationship. And that's kind of what I feel like is happening with this. That's why I felt bad for Ken, because I feel like if someone's going to say yes to you, then just let it be a yes. It doesn't have to be a yes with an asterisk. And I hate a yes with an asterisk so much. And that's what I felt. And I hated that for him so much that I was like, please just don't even bother. Yeah. And she ends it with, you know, she does give him a compliment. She says, you're a really good man. um, And I don't want to die alone, which I honestly really could relate to. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I thought my notes were completely out of order for a second. They're not. Um, Yeah. So yes, with an asterisk, we've got an engagement. We've got a new couple um, officially. And we also have our couple that is on the rocks get even more on the rocks when we get to Principal Fagan's office. <laughs> Howard Bamboo got arrested <laughs> because he tried to get all oh, 36 boy. things of pseudoephedrine in one place. Yeah, which, I mean, right away I was like, is this is this the jumping off point? Like, is this the Breaking Bad crossover I didn't know I needed? Well, Please and, say yes. Um, you also might not know this, but you now with Sudafed have to, they take your ID and they put you in the system every time you buy Sudafed. I have had that happen to me with buying spray paint. That's a different system. I was just going to go huff it, I guess. I don't know. Well, either that or they, either that or they wanted to track back if there's like graffiti or whatever. But with, um, pseudoephedrine, but from the FDA, they track how much you buy to make sure that you're not building a meth lab, which by pseudoephedrine, you have to buy on the, it's not over the counter. Does that make it under the counter? (laughs) Supervised over the counter. I don't know. Um, yeah, Sure drugs we get it but you know what let people live their lives and then they have a full-on you want to make meth make meth (laughs) if you're trying to find new ways to ship your meth wayfair (laughs) (laughs) listed on wayfair that's wayfair.com 
Oh God. Um, all right. <laughs> Where you can Sorry. ship Go one Atwamog to all of your friends. <laughs> <laughs> now you might think ten thousand Atwamogs is a little suspicious because of you know Terry giving all the kids drugs. Terry is fired. Yes. And Will then gets a punishment because he wasn't paying attention to the fact that his kids are on drugs. His punishment is yes. he has to have a new co-chair of the Glee Club. And I'm like, for some reason, I like wanted to guess and think, thought I knew who it would be. But I was also like, maybe this is, you know, potential new character zone. Um, so I didn't guess right away. And before they revealed the co-chair, I did take note of Kurt's outfit. Kurt's outfit looked good. Okay, he's got, did you see this? Did you catch this moment? This moment in time, the first time he's ever looked good. Um, he's got some white pants. He's got a black turtleneck. Hello, contrast. And he's got a light, an acid washed, a light denim jacket over top of it. Check out the socials and you'll see this put together outfit by Kurt. Yeah, I, I have no memory great. of it. <laughs> wow. Maybe this is the gayception Maybe right here, this moment. I thought it looked great. Um, and yeah, good for Kurt. Sue, Sylvester, the gal, the 30-year-old who sees it is the new co-chair of the Glee Club. And she can't wait to mix it up. Yes. And Will and Emma are talking back in the hallway. And that will be my second prediction that came true from last week's episode where I said Sue will take a bigger arc to try to destroy the Glee Club. Mm. Boy, did she. She's involved. She's got her foot in the pie. Someone's foot is getting out of the hokey pokey, which might be Will's because he's very upset at Emma that her and Ken are engaged. This was the most dramatic scene I have seen on TV (laughs) in years. And dramatic for the sake of being dramatic. It was just drama, queen and king central. Well, his home perm did look good. I don't know if you noticed it, but I thought those waves um, were. Sure. Uh, and I thought this was like, it was the drama that like, it, it would only work on this show. You know, the parting glance, they meet eyes, they walk away, they pause, they stop, they turn, they catch eyes for at least 15 seconds. And then they go their separate ways. And I was waiting of all times to throw a freaking journey song in there. Separate ways was not what the decision was. What are we doing? I did watching this scene. It made me think of, I was listening recently um, to Mike O'Malley talk about being on Glee. And he talked about how, even though the first season was so rushed, they literally had to record all the whole season in just three months because of the way the timing went. But he said, no matter what, when a scene needed it, the directors and producers let the scene breathe. And I think that was that what that scene was like. They might have only been able to shoot that scene twice, but it doesn't matter. They let them do the scene. You know what I mean? It didn't feel rushed. It felt. Oh, no. It took a century. Yeah, it felt. And it was, I mean, you know, more impactful for sure. And we just know sectionals are on the horizon because. Rachel's got it on her vision board. She's ready right to win above it. Grammy. I, otherwise, ultimately, I thought this was a good episode. Um, yeah. I thought there was no songs for the sake of there just being songs that are performed. Um, I like that the mashups and kind of the competitiveness was all tied together. It was pivotal to the plot. Um, I like that Sue has a hand in everything. Mm-hmm. 
I like that for the first time, maybe first time, maybe second. Um, I get a Dear Diary or Dear Journal scene from Sue, which gave me so much joy that I didn't know I could contain myself with that much. Glee, actually, is what I had. And I don't know. I just uh, thought it was great. I thought it was a good episode. Well, and I love that this episode really starts to show the impact that Glee had on, like, people who didn't know it had an impact on them. For instance, the mashup wasn't a thing before this episode. Like, you probably knew what a mashup was before watching this episode because it has somehow, like, integrated its way through pop culture with, like, that one famous couple doing, like, a delicate remix where it was, like, two Taylor Swift songs in one. Like, mashups are, like, a thing now that's, like, done. I My hand is in the air. There's no way that mashups are a result of Glee. It is. The TV series. It is. The hit or not hit TV series. What? They were not, no. they were not a thing before this time. And then Pitch Perfect did it. And then it just caught this on is, again. It was like. This is a this is a complete fabrication. Mm-hmm. I am so sorry, listeners. Stay tuned till next week's Pitch Corrections where you'll hear. And I will, I will, I will submit on the record proof of mashups that happened before this time what well the next episode is called throwdown so what do you think your predictions are you know you've been pretty right so far so you know what's next throwdown 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 puts me in like a for a second it took me to a country vibe place um like a hoedown it's next season which i think is just because it rhymed um but throwdown i think um mm, i think there's going to be a fight a fight of some sort. Um, I don't know if it's going to get physical, but there's going to be some type of altercation, if you will. I will say so an altercation. one of my favorite scenes in all of Glee is a fight. Ooh, maybe the throwdown. You know how they have like a dance off? Got the hoe down, um, throw down. No? Hannah Montana, the movie? Yes. Good job, Miley. Um, there is, you know, typically like a throw, like a, like a dance off. I do a dance move. You do a dance move. Maybe there's some sort of throwdown glee uh, situation. That's the altercation. It's a musical altercation. Theory two. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Sue's the co-chair now. Mm. So I think that she's going to do her best to divide the glee club because she has already done it once. Boys and the girls. She put that idea into his head. I think that was key. Sue. Sue's going to do something else where she divides it like into the best people and the worst people. And she's going to make sure everyone knows that they are the backup bitches of this club. Well, there are (laughs) only two songs in this whole episode. Am I allowed to pick out? Am I allowed to divide that into four? No. Okay. Well, uh, I will say (laughs) I preferred confessions walking on sunshine. (laughs) Well, I will say that because I liked the confessions aspect of it's my life. Therefore that hodgepodge, that mashup is my favorite, the boys. You know, I do think Artie does a good part of the confessions, but I can't get over both Mercedes and Rachel and Halo. They're just, ugh, it was good. You know, I'm not, I'm not down for a Beyonce moment. So, yeah, sure. Racist. It was fine. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and that can't stay. <laughs> Anything else? Nope. That is it. Thank you guys so oh much God. for Two listening. Two hours later. Um, and thank you again for giving us five stars for our future award winning podcast. Oh, this just in the person in the hazmat suit is coming in and we are getting given an Emmy for best recap of a television show. Oh, oh my oh God. Thank God. you. Uh, I hope the hazmat suit person had the full silkwood after they talked to you and interacted with mm. you. And I would like to say, you know what guys? Now that we've won an Emmy, 
We'll see you next time. We're actually better than them. We won't. We don't need to see anybody. We have an Emmy. Okay, fine. We'll glee you next time. (laughs) Goodbye.